Today we're going to be kicking off a new series. Um, we're going to be talking about, for this month, The Only Way is Jesus. So, with like the reality TV show, The Only Way is Essex, I was looking at their logo the other day, and I don't know if you've seen the logo, there's actually a cross on it as the letters go like that. And so when Apollo was doing this, I was like, you've got to keep the cross in there, because um, they've already done it for us, so let's not, <laughs> let's not reinvent the wheel. So for the month of Easter, we're going to be looking at The Only Way is Jesus. The only way is Jesus. So for this week, what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at kind of our culture, our society, our worldview, which actually stems out of The Only Way is Essex. And actually, even before that, kind of reality TV and the shift that we've seen in how we see the world today. So, for example, what we're going to be talking about today is relative alternate fake reality news facts. Um, because that's, that's pretty much where we've got to now. It's, it's, it is that deep. It's not even slightly deep. So here's what I mean. So relative truth is a huge thing in our society. And that was kind of first came in and kind of underpinned the new change for where we got to the point where we can actually have alternate facts. Um, that kind of was the introduction and that kind of came in to alleviate the tension between opposing worldviews. It was like, well, no, just everybody's view is just as you know, meaningful as everyone else's. They can all can kind of coexist in this space together. Um, doesn't matter if they disagree, man. It's just relative. It's relative to you, dude. Um, it's not, mm, yeah. Well, if you look at the legal system, that kind of works, really, because people do go down whether they did it or didn't do it, um, if they were just there nowadays, because we really can't bother to find out what the real truth looks like. So, what's true for me is true for me. What's true for you is true for you. But ultimately, what if my truth says your truth is a lie? Is it still true? Because when, if my truth is calling out your truth, then we have a problem. You can still keep going, oh yeah, but it's relative. No, 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 it's not. My truth says yours is dead. Your truth is a dead truth. It's not alive. It's dead. It's not true. Um, so we have relative truth. And then we kind of have ended up in a place at the end of that. So that started out as a kind of like a, let's see where this goes. Let's see where we're heading. And we found ourselves at a destination point where we have alternate facts. Now, alternate facts how that hasn't got the uproar it should have, like, it's kind of been posted in the media like as a funny thing. Like, oh yeah, alternate facts. It, it's like, if, if, if we hadn't had relative truth, I think we'd have been in huge uproar about it and gone, no, it's just a lie. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't be kind of talking about alternate facts. Yeah, we kind of, people are calling it out, but they're not calling it out to the point that they should be. Like, Trump is managing to get away with outlandish statements as the most powerful man in the, in the diplomatic world, in the Western world, and if, well, Western world, yeah, China's banging it too. So how he's getting away with statements like that is insane. But he's being allowed to get away with those sorts of statements. They're kind of putting pressure on him and stuff, but he's kind of around doing his jazz, so it hasn't really worked. So politicians have lied since the beginning of politics. But today, it's taken a new spin. So Blair had his spin doctors, such as Alistair Campbell, and Trump has his alternate facts. They aren't facts. They are different. They, all, they are alternate facts. They, we can't even muster the real uproar that is required because we've embraced relative truth as part of our culture. And because we've embraced that as a foundation now, we can't even hold politicians to account. It's like, I'm not lying. It's, a, it's an alternate fact. Like, it's just absolutely, it's lunacy. It's lunacy. And relative truth is what has led us here. And then we've got fake news. Fake news. I mean, that just doesn't help. So, they're saying that some elections have been hugely based around fake news. People have read something online and gone, oh yeah, damn those immigrants. Because uh, they've read something about immigrants that actually isn't even news. It's not even true. So people have really got their backs up and really upset about things that actually haven't even happened in some cases. And then people have managed to push whole decisions of the voting public by creating fake news sites that look a bit like a real website, that's like a news website but slightly different. 
and in some cases for satire purposes. I love satire websites. My favourite is the Babylon Bee, which is like a Christian satire website. It's absolutely hilarious. There was one the other day where uh, Joel Osteen's, well, a few months back, Joel Osteen's church had uh, meant to get... Um, Oh, what's his name? The the guy from Fast and Furious that that, that that passed away. Paul, is it Paul? Paul Walker. Paul Walker. But the satire news was they tried to get Paul Walker to kind of speak at their church. This actually was a while back. It's before he even died, I think. And, and instead, they ended up with... Um, uh, Paul Washer, and uh, if you don't know Paul Washer, like he's a he's a reformist preacher who basically his most famous sermon on YouTube is he does this amazing introduction. It's such a powerful introduction that people start clapping, and he goes, "I don't know what you're clapping about. I'm talking about you." So like he's just this judgment preacher, man. All he does is just send for people. And Joel Osteen is the Colgate man. He's the opposite of sending people. He's just like, I just love everybody. And so on this satire website, they've tried to get Paul Walker to talk about a new movie. Instead, they've ended up with Paul Washer, and it said the first three rows just turned to dust and were vaporised within his introduction. Uh, People at the back of the auditorium were scrambling, clawing at the doors, trying to get out. No one has seen Joe Loistin or his wife since. They hope that they're alive and well. Um, One deacon said, the horror, oh, the horror. It was just, it's just so, so funny. It's brilliant. So I love a bit of satire, um, but at the moment, I guess fake news has kind of become a thing where it's like people are taking things that are are real there's always a celebrity that's died that hasn't died like we're always killing off celebrities we get upset that last year celebrities were dying and like oh my gosh we're gonna have no good no David Bowie yeah and everyone freaking out and then it's like oh we'll kill another one this week oh wait no he's alive he's at a press conference next the next day it's just absolutely hilarious and then there's others that are just for unsubstantiated political gain and others are just "Mm, yeah whatever because but then we have to coincide with this if we're going to talk about like uh relative truth we've got to look at uh, reality tv so reality tv i think has had a big part to play in this and what i mean by that is we started out with big brother which was just absolutely uh, brilliant when it first came out and we were all like hooked on it and like this is amazing we're watching these people these real scenarios but we're watching what they want us to see so they're not showing us everything um some people did used to watch the live feeds um <laughs> jody's laughing because she did um <laughs> Some people did watch the live feeds, but there's this edited thing that just gets put out there and they make their own story out of it and they follow those bits. And when the people come out, they're kind of shocked, like, oh, geez, they showed that. Why didn't they show any of the nice stuff I did in the house? So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a weird one. And so that then developed and mutated. So we have the only way is Essex. And with that, we've got all these fake scenarios that are real but fake. They're, not, they're kind of scripted and they kind of go into these situations and they just do it. So like a while back, a couple years now, I had the honour of doing a skit which never got shown and never got used on TV, but I got asked to do like a pastoral um, kind of filmed moment with uh, Spencer Matthews from Made in Chelsea. So because like he's like this de- demonic kind of character, he's just like absolutely vile. And me and Jodie had done something which they had used together, like a bit like go- Gogglebox, a bit like that, but different, like watching the first Main Chelsea episode and they were filming us and we were just having so much fun, like cussing it out and stuff. And like me being like probably because they knew that I did City Hill and did this church, when I called Spencer Matthews the Antichrist, um, they loved it and they were like, you've got to meet him. And so we're going to have you do this kind of pastoral thing with him. So I think they were thinking I was going to come and do a Paul Washer. I think they were hoping for Paul Washer to meet Spencer Matthews. But instead, I met Spencer Matthews, and I thought he was a really nice guy. 
and I spent this time with him and we did this kind of scripted thing and it was kind of cool, a bit of a pastoral session and there was a bit of humor in it as well. And in and out of takes, me and him were just sitting there and there's nothing else to do. So we just started chatting about life and things like that. And he was just like, every now and then he's like, oh, here we go, a bit more acting. And then he's just being a jerk again. And then you realize kind of what's happened and you realize I actually started to feel sorry for Spencer Matthews because he'd fallen for what everyone falls for because he was this young guy in his, his early 20s and what's happened in his scenario is there's this, there's this fish hook and he had loads of wealth and he, he was really popular, lives around the Chelsea area, mad money, but what he didn't have was fame. The only thing that was lacking in Spencer Matthews' life, really, if you think about it, maybe love. I don't know him that deeply. Could have been a lot of love missing. But he had, he had everything. The world was at his feet. The only thing he didn't have was fame. And so he ends up doing this whole Made in Chelsea thing. And that, you want to be, be the biggest thing in there? Well, you've got to be the biggest in there. And so he did it. So he bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and he got the fame. The only problem is... You see, back in the day, we wanted to be famous for something. We wanted to be famous for a reason. We wanted to be a, a, a man and woman of renown in an area. We wanted to do something that we loved, we were passionate about, and that fame came with it because what we'd done was just so amazing that everyone loved the craft and the guile and the achievements that we'd done. Um, like Nelson Mandela, you know what I mean? Done something meaningful. And now everyone in the world knows, well, not everyone, but the vast majority of the world knows who Nelson Mandela is. We can look the same as... Mother Teresa, you know what I mean? People who've done stuff. Now we've got Joey Essex. He's got like the IQ of a flea. You know what I mean? And, and that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and that's cool, and well done. Like, you've managed to kind of get this from doing all this really weird stuff, and they've got these spin-off shows like Educating Joey Essex. It's not been possible. They've tried. There's been budget for that, and it hasn't happened. You know what I mean? And, and, and then we've got that, and then we look at like, um, Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore, there's something in the valleys, isn't it? There's, there's all these different shows and there's nothing to them and there's people getting famous for these reasons. And like Spencer's the only one that I've ever really met and I'm kind of looking at this guy and I'm like, yeah, he's been a bit of a douche to a few people and stuff like that, but he's stuck with this now. Like, how hard does he, is he going to have to work to get rid of that? He's now famous for it. What he's famous for is being a douche and he's now trapped. And he did not seem like he was in a good place. And the way when we kind of chatted in and out of takes, I'd gone there thinking like, oh, this guy's just such a jerk. And I, I, I left there, him walking off into the distance, going to have drinks with another mate, feeling so sorry for him. And I'm practically destitute compared to him. But I felt I had a better life. Because this guy has, has bought fame, hook, line, and sinker. Because you see, the thing is, we love a good lie. We love a good lie. Give us a good lie over the truth any day. Because, you know, we prefer a lie. We'll take it as long as it's relative, alternate, fake. We'll grab anything that's sensational. Oh, how can we, how can we spin this headline? I've seen a picture of someone on a beach. Like, and then somehow there's this whole story in a magazine. And then if you actually get the magazine and read the story, you're like, there is nothing here. It's all unsubstantiated. They've got a photo of someone from a paparazzi guy and they've created this whole thing. We love a good lie. But nothing's actually changed. Because actually with Adam and Eve in the garden, what we have is we have Eve seeing something that looks too good to be true. And Satan puts this spin on it, making something appealing, making something appealing to the eye, but then taking the truth and making it relative, 
taking the truth and make it alternate, presenting alternate facts. Well, have that, Eve. You won't really die. You won't really die. Hey, Spencer. Yeah, take that, man. You'll be famous. You'll be famous. But leaving out what you'll be famous for and leaving out you won't be able to move away from this hook because I've got you hook, line, and sinker. And so when we talk about Jesus and we talk about his disciples and when we talk about the only way is Jesus, is Jesus out and he's fishing. And he's fishing with something totally different. He's fishing with the truth. And it's when the truth gets a hook of you that it can drag you out and change your whole entire destiny. But we take the different type of bait that's out there and the one we want to go for more than anything else is fame. Anything else. People are going hook, line and sinker and they won't care where it will lead them. They won't ask the question, where is this going? And we don't ask the question, where is this going? As soon as something that is there, that is so bait, this is not a good thing for me. All our friends can see it, but we just see something we want. And we go for it and we take a bite of it and it just screws everything up. But you know what? Eve couldn't see the bait. Adam should have piped up. We need to be people that shout, that's bait. We need to be people that when we see our friends going for the bait, we say, that's bait. That's bait. That's not true. That's not good for you. You will surely die. That will eat you up inside. I'm not going to stand silent while my friend goes for a bit of fame that's going to poison their whole system. We need to be people that shout that. Not people that judge people, not people that bash people over the head, but we've got to start speaking up. You don't have to be a jerk to tell someone like, man, you know, have you thought about where this is leading? Have you thought about where this is going to take you? Like, like I know it's appealing right now. That, that looks real shiny and that fruit looks great. But do you know what it's going to do? Do you know where it's going to take you? And we can kind of give examples. Jesus does that for us. He tells us the devil was a liar from the beginning. That's what he does. So when Jesus comes, he tells us the devil was a liar from the beginning. He says that the devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So for everyone else, there's all the trappings of these beautiful, wonderful things that are going on that really entice us and lure us and Jesus comes and he says, listen, it's a lie. It's not true. You think that quick, short burst to that money, to that dream, you think it's real. It's not. It's a lie. You think he's going to give you something. He's not. He's going to rob more from you. You think that's going to be a quick access to where you want to go. It's not. He's going to destroy you. No, no, no. He's trying to kill you here. So when Jesus comes, he looks and he speaks out against the relative truth that you and I embrace. He speaks out against the shortcut to fame that we see. Like, oh, we could be like God. Just one bite of this fruit and we could be like God. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's too good to be true. It's way too good to be true. And they take that bite. So often for us, we see where we want to go, what we want to achieve, and we see something shiny, and we want to take a bite just because we want a shortcut to where we've got to go. And actually, we need to think for a minute. Jesus has said he's come to lie, so maybe I need to be wise and take my time before I take this jump, or I, I move in this direction, I move in that direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't you take the bait, Eden. Don't take the bait. So we need to be people that shout, <laughs> don't take the bait. So last night, Jody and I were sitting and we were watching a film. 
And the film we were watching, we watched a bit of Madagascar on iPlayer, that was awesome. But then we watched The Mask, and The Mask was on. And uh, it was such a good film. And there's this moment where Jim Carrey is explaining what The Mask does to someone. And he says, when you put on The Mask, it brings out your deepest and darkest desires. He says, so if you're a hopeless romantic like me, that's what you get. This weirdo character dancing with maracas in the street, trying to woo the ladies, getting the police doing a conga line, and all that kind of stuff. But then you see the other guy get in the mask, and what happens is his deepest, darkest desires, and he's pushing kind of all this stuff. And you know what? That's kind of like altern- alternative facts. The reason we go for these things is kind of what we want it to be true. We kind of want the lie to be true. And that's what makes the lie so enticing. I kind of want this to be true. That if I'm honest on the inside, in the deepest, darkest part of me, it's this mask that I, I want to embrace and put on. Yeah, man, I would love to be famous. Oh, if I could, you know what, that's a great opportunity. I could, I could take that, I could use that. I could use that to be like God. I could use that to be, and that's how he twists it. You'll be like him. You'll be like him in the end. You'll be like him. God gives us the warnings. He gives us the, 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 the full story of it. But the deepest, darkest thing about alternate fact, alternative facts and uh, relative truth is it's like the mask. When we start grabbing hold of those kind of things, it's actually revealing the deepest, darkest parts of our nature. It reveals the deepest, darkest parts of racists in this country who all of a sudden are like, yeah, man, it's those immigrants. It's totally those immigrants. It's revealing the the, the alternate fact that's coming out. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, it's definitely Europe. It's all those hardworking Europeans that come here holding our society up, doing all the jobs we don't want to do. It's totally their fault. How stupid is that? See what I mean? It brings out the darkest parts of our nature and calls us forward to wear that mask and it's just revealing it. And that's what relative truth is. And that's what alternate facts are. And that's what fake news is. It's us revealing the darkest parts of our natures. And what I love is in the Psalms, it talks about forsaking all other ways. That his word is sweeter than honey. And because of how sweet Jesus' word is, because of how sweet God's word is, I detest all other ways and I turn from them. That's what the Psalms say. And the Bible always also speaks about out of the heart, what comes out of our heart into our words and into every aspect of our life which is why one of the, 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 the words of wisdom that we get is above all things guard your heart because that's the place where your temptation will come and it'll be like you know what I'm totally going to buy into this because the deepest darkest parts of me wants this to be true and wants to buy into this we're going to have a little look through John chapter 8 and then we're going to kind of finish for today as we introduce our series The Only Way is Jesus And in verse 1 of John chapter 8, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down, and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? This they had said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. You hear the alternate news story? Do you hear the alternate facts right there? They've got charges they want to bring. There's an agenda here. This isn't about truth. This isn't about justice. This is about the deepest, darkest parts of their being and wanting to make it about God's word and his kingdom. Do you see how quickly this happens and how this transpires? And for one second, just a second, with the Pharisees, we label them as the darkest and the worst of the worst. They're not. They are the Jews that have the closest teachings to Jesus. 
So when you look at the, the rabbinical teachings of the time, the Pharisees are actually most like him. So forget even the waste men guys that were out there. These guys are the ones that are most similar to Jesus in their teaching style. Um, we've got them totally twisted just from a few occasional stories. There are other stories in the New Testament we browse over where they agree with him in his style. The Pharisees brought this woman. Now the law of Moses commanded us to sign such a woman. What do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against Jesus. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And they continued to ask him and he stood up and said to them, let he who is about sin among you, be first to throw a stone at her. Woo! We started with some relative news. We started with some alternate facts. And then Jesus goes, you want to talk about truth? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We can talk about truth all day. I am truth. And I know that out of everyone here, I'm the only person who can throw a stone at this woman. Because I know every single one of you guys has got sin in your life. And if you want to start throwing stones, I can kill you all. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's bring the heat. Let's bring the heat. And that's what he does. And that's what we have to do with relative truth. We don't have to kill anybody. Alternate facts. We don't have to kill anybody. We have to highlight to people who embrace these sorts of views. Man, that's bait. You're falling for the bait. And you're falling for the devil's bait. Your life is all about pointing the blame at someone else. Nah. My faith is about me stepping up and owning my stuff. I own it. I know who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner continually being saved by grace. I don't stand and point a finger at anyone. I can't. Man, I'm just, I'm just standing before Jesus going, thank you for not throwing stones at me. That's where I get my perspective. That's where I get my truth from. But so often we twist it and the deep, deepest, darkest parts of us want us to bring about this reality TV show. But actually, when we look at Jesus, we have the ultimate reality TV show in the Gospels where he brings to us and reveals to us what truth looks like in flesh and in blood when he came and he lived among us. Let him who is about sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. Guys, we need to be people that call out fake news. We need to be people that call out the alternative facts. We need to be people who call out the judgment that other people want to impose on other people's lives. But we also need to be people that liberate others. Because you see, she was living under their alternative facts. She was living under their reality of how the world looked. And all it did was heap all the judgment on her doorstep. Jesus just liberates her by giving her the truth. Because you know what? The truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. And, and what happens is, you come to this point where everyone always wants to start with the place of making you aware of your sin. But you see, the thing is, everyone's already aware of their sin and everyone's already carrying their junk around with them. But sometimes we need someone else to be brave enough to publicly own their stuff and show their forgiveness that Jesus brings to them that makes everyone else aware. What I love about this story isn't just the fact that she finds forgiveness. I love that everyone else finds their sin. They came to point out someone else's sins and they walked away looking at their own. That's who Jesus is. He didn't just liberate that woman that day. He liberated every single person in the crowd that came to bring down the madness and they left seeing who they were 
and what they were. If they didn't see their sin, they would have thrown a stone at her, but they saw their sin that day. And you and I, we have this pressure on us and this understanding of Christianity and this view that we have to go around writing everyone else's wrongs. Actually, no, we have to own our wrongs and be public about them. Guys, I want to encourage you this week to talk to people about what you're going through, to talk to people about what's hurting you, and to talk to people about where you've just come from. Not just where you were years, 10 years down the line when Jesus did something, but what God is doing to you recently, what God has done to you last year or the year before. Start sharing the real raw power that God is moving in your life because there's a whole crowd of people that want to point and look at someone. Hey man, let it be me. Let, let my sin, let my situation, let my problem be the very thing that liberates the crowd. I'm going to pray for us today and then we're going to kind of end there. Father God, I thank you for this amazing revelation. We spend our whole lives wanting fame and, and craving after lies to fulfill the deepest, darkest parts of our own desires. I thank you that though Satan was alive from the beginning and he came to steal, kill and destroy, I thank you that you said you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. I thank you that in this story in John 8, this woman finds life, but actually everyone in the crowd finds life because they find their sin and they turn away and they walk a different way. They weren't able to throw the stones of judgment they thought they could. May we not be people that throw the stones of judgment at those around us this week. May we be people that liberate them with the truth of who you are. Oh, Spirit of God, would you just fall in this place? Would you touch our hearts? Would you liberate us? from our own oppressions? Would you liberate us from the deepest, darkest desires that we have? Would you liberate us from the lies that we embrace, the alternative facts, the alternative truth, the relative truth that actually is relative slavery, that is relative oppression? Would you liberate us by the power of your Holy Spirit? Would you take away the guilt and the shame? Would you help us to live free, empowered by your Spirit this week, Lord God? Would you shine bright within our lives? Would you help us to invite people into the party of our lives and into the life that you've given us, Father? Would you help us to give the truth in abundance, the truth of your liberation, and not, not just solely your judgment as everyone bangs on about, but may we show them how you have liberated us, and may we be people who liberate others. In Jesus' name, amen.